We will be having our interview in English, um, but thank you so much for uh, making the time to talk to me this afternoon. Um, so I think the Pacific is aware that uh, the SPRIP meeting is now underway. Uh, and it's also your last meeting as Director General of SPRIP. So I think it'll be great to hear from you you know, what are some of the key issues arising from this particular meeting? Yeah, no, thank you very much uh, for the opportunity to have this interview. Um, you know, in my, in my opening remarks on Tuesday, if I can sort of provide a bit of context to the question, I, I, I said to members that um, the, um, the general picture of the environment in the Pacific is not good. Uh, uh, what I mean by that is that we're continuing to see environmental degradation increase, whether it's pollution in terms of plastics, marine plastics, whether it's um, you know biodiversity loss, um, you know whether it's uh, um, uh, coastal development that has impacts on on land. Um, and, and and if it's if it's uh, climate change, then of course take your pick. You know, uh, extreme weather events, flooding, you know, um, sea level rise. Uh, there's there's lots of issues, and um, the the irony of all of this is that whilst we recognize that uh, there are these um, critical environmental challenges that are facing us. And we all agree that we must do something, right? And, and, and I think that there is, I think a genuine desire by members to do something about it. The irony of all of that is that things are not, in the overall picture of things, things are not improving. Um, and that's not a, it's not a negative you know, statement on members. I'm just saying that we're, we're all committed you know, if you talk to members, they're all committed, we're all committed as a secretariat. And we're doing our best to support the member countries. And I think that if you look at some of the work that some countries are doing, it's, it's great. But um, the, the irony of that is that the reality is that we're seeing, we're continuing to see biodiversity loss. You know, we're continuing to see, you know, our calories being, being impacted, not just by ocean acidification, but by, by by other, you know, human activities, you know, whether it be, um, you know, um, outflow of activity from land that's making its way onto the ocean, it's plastics, you know, um, degradation of land and so forth. So, um, and that's the, I guess that's the, that's the, the frustration that I have is is that we're we're putting in effort 
to address this, but the issues are not going away. They're in fact, you know, being magnified. And so uh, we really need to look at what we are doing to see, um, are we doing it right? Or do we need to do more of what is right that we're doing? So th there needs to be, I think, uh, a, a stock taking of what we're doing to, to try and see uh, where we can actually, you know, uh, magnify, you know, um, our, um, you know, our protection efforts of the environment so that then, you know, um, we're seeing a lot more positive uh, impact. So, as I said, that's not a negative statement. It's realizing what's what the reality is on the ground. Um, and so that was, so that's the context of what I'm saying. So um, then of course you've got issues such as, you know, um, wide ranging issues being discussed at the split meeting this week, um, you know, um, on climate change. Um, you know, the, the work on the CBD um, and the need to be engaged at the global level in terms of engagement, uh, both at the UNFCCC and at the CBD. And, and if you take your pick, you know, you, you look at the climate change, global engagement on this issue. Um, we, we really do need to be at COP26, despite the enormous challenges that we we're faced with, let alone trying to get there. You know, this transportation issue, accommodation issues, you know, this quarantine issues, insurance issues, flight issues, name it. There are all these, and that's not even considering the health and safety issues. So, but the, we have made a decision. We're going to send a small team, and, and I've pondered on that. Uh, um, decision for a very long, long time, taking into account all of the potential risks. You know, the idea that someone's going to come back with the um, Delta variant is not something you, you want to entertain. So, you know, certainly we have thought very, very hard uh, about that in terms of our attendance. We've, we've been meeting almost every day, evening meetings for the last two or three months with member countries, with the UK. COP presidency, New Zealand, Australia, member countries, heads of delegations, it's nonstop. And so, um, but I felt that, that this is probably the last, maybe, I hope not, this may be the last opportunity for us to actually influence the negotiations um, in terms of actually um, um, trying to make the Paris Agreement, um, you know, uh, Accords work. In other words, there's still outstanding work on the, on, the, on you know on the um, implementation of the Paris Agreement uh, provision. So we, that needs to be. There's still some outstanding work that needs to be done. So if we're not there, um, we can't blame ourselves later on. Then. So uh, that's the, that's a major major issue. And so uh, at the moment, uh, we have about 50% of the countries wanting to go and 50% not sure. And I understand, you know, we've, we've done all that we've done. We've provided surveys, we've provided assessments, provided technical advice. And so, and we're working very, very closely with, um, you know, with Australia, New Zealand, and the UK, and all of our member countries to try and, and, and um, um, 
terms of the scenario of being there, what do we need to do to address the risks and the challenges? And this is not even thinking about the substantive, it's trying to get ourselves there. That's the first you know, major issue. And then when we get there, we are not gonna have the full um, Pacific constituency there. And that's another concern. So um, even if we attend, with half, so, so if we attend, it looks like we'll attend with half of our membership. The question then is how do we support this small group of leaders have decided to go and within a very challenging circumstances that we are going to be there. So that's just an example of that. Then there's other issues, uh, you know, uh, in terms of uh, seabed mining, that was uh, probably the most contentious issue this year. There were those countries that were concerned about uh, the issue and did not want it discussed. They wanted it off the agenda and um, had a lot of um, letters coming to me in the last week uh, in, in some of those letters, very strong language, you know, about you know, putting it off the agenda, why are we bringing it on again since we discussed it in 2019? And my point was to, especially to those countries that are sponsoring states on deep, uh, deep sea mining, is that this is the role of spread. This is why you, you mandated us as the environmental agency of the region to raise these critical environmental issues. You know, we're damned if we don't raise it, we're damned if we raise it. But, you know, I made a point, no, I'm gonna raise this issue. Why? Because even since two years ago, the reports that are coming um, to us, including the State of the Environment and Conservation Report of 2020, paints a very negative impact of, you know, environmental degradation right throughout the indicators are, are not good. So, you know, why, why shouldn't I raise that issue? And, uh, you know, uh, as I said, those who are sponsoring states of uh, our member countries, you know, some, not all, but some, are concerned that by doing that, they might be exposed, but that is, that is never the intention. You know, our, our intention is to raise the issue and then let them discuss. Even if there are difficult, sensitive issues, we should not be shying away from it. And I've always believed in the Pacific way where, you know, you still have a telenoa over these difficult issues, but we don't shy away from it. Because then what if, um, the, you know, the scenario of, of major environmental impact occurs from seabed mining? Then someone says, what was that organization doing? Why did they never, why did the members of that organization never? And so, that, and that's the point, you know. Um, so yes, it was a very sensitive, very difficult issue to discuss. But I, but I pushed back um, against our own members, you know, at you know at the cost of being almost ostracized, uh, because I felt strongly about it. You know, why shouldn't we discuss this issue? This is not about pointing fingers. This is about saying, listen, we have an issue. Let's come to the table. Let's have a telenor. Let's try and so they managed to find a way. Yesterday, it was a compromise. It was not the optimum solution from my perspective. But what encouraged me was the fact that we proved that we can have a telenoa around these difficult issues and we may not get the perfect solution, but it proves that 
if we're prepared to sit down and accept that these difficult issues need to be discussed, we can do it. So I'm sorry I've gone on and on a bit. No, I, I, I want to follow up on this issue of deep sea mining. Um, you know, given the calls for moratorium and uh, the, the strong pressure that you've received by some countries to not even have this on the table. How did the discussions go in the end? Was there a strong pushback from member countries? Yeah, so, I mean, uh, unfortunately, um, uh, the reference to a moratorium had to be remote because there was no way there's absolutely no way the sponsoring states are in the region we're going to, they were threatening to actually not attend sprint meeting and um, threatening all kinds of, uh, all kinds of stuff. And, uh, you know, um, so, you know, the, the response was pretty, from some, it was pretty, I, I think it was a bit overboard. Um, I understood the concerns but the problem, but my, my, my thinking is this, if we don't talk about it uh, and, and we just assume that, you know, wow, you know, it's our national position and no one's questioning that. We're just saying that, hey, we've got an issue here. How can we work together to try and resolve this issue? That, that's, that was the whole essence of the approach. But that was taken to mean that, you know, I was undermining their national interests. I was you know, showing disregard for their government. I mean, that was the kind of thing I was getting and the threat of political pullout and all of that. So it was completely unnecessary. They didn't need to, you know, um, convey those kind of messages. All they needed to say is that we don't agree, but we're prepared to sit down and have a chat. But, uh, you know, before we even sat down to talk about it, there was all this heavy stuff coming. Um, so, um, I didn't want to stay or mate at the spread meeting. So I pushed for friends of the chair um, led by French Polynesia. And there was a good attendance, about 13, 14 member countries put their hands up straight away. We decided to set up this friends of the chair right at the beginning, because I didn't want it to be lingering. We got to take the heat out of this to try. And... So that's what we did right at the beginning. When we talked about the adoption of the agenda, I put forward a suggestion to set up the friends of the chair. And they had about, I don't know, three or four meetings since, this was since Tuesday. Um, and they, they managed yesterday to come to a compromise. Um, I think there's, a, there's something there for the sponsoring states. There's something there for those states that, uh, that uh, are not in favor of seabed mining. So, but it, for me, it's, it's not 100% ideal. It's, um, it's a compromise. But for me, more importantly, is the fact that we have proven that we can sit down and have a difficult discussion around a difficult issue without saying no, um, forget it, don't put it on the agenda because that's against our natural interests. Even before we started, those are the kind of comments I was getting and accusations and so pretty strong stuff. But you know, I was happy, happy um, that we were able to prove that we didn't didn't have to be so negative and pointing the, and there was no finger pointing. That was the good thing about the friend of the chair. There was an honest, open discussion. And there was no saying, oh, because of your policy, you know, this is what's gonna happen. None of that happened. But uh, it was an open, frank discussion. 
So we've got a result. You know, as I said, it's not 100% perfect in terms of, from my perspective, but the, the idea is that this is about the Pacific way, the Talanoa, in terms of how we can resolve issues. Isi mo tupe fa mumoli sa mo aotapuni ai ofisa mule fava yaso fa ngane lola na wau nanga forward sa uwa ole direct transfer a fai wa yesa membership card ma e fa ngai na internet banking ole matua e fai ngo fi lava na ole tiposi ma lava lau seleni matua account ona fa atino le ola fui na lau seleni mo ai ngai sa mo e ye 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 ngai tahu na fa maliena mo ni si fa matala ngai lene a wau nanga forward. Bala aule telefoni o valselau o o o tasio nono pole lua fitu ono fitu iva fitu fa pe text mai foilo sua fa ili valu tolu o. Telephone voucher is one of the most convenient ways that I'm finding now to do my shopping here at Mama Jo and I, my sister just sent through the voucher on my cell phone and I just come straight into Mama Jo to do my shopping. Ole si tu lava tu si diu tau ole la fome ole pa stalo I think it's really convenient for families overseas if they don't know what to, how to help their families here, then this is the perfect way. My
sounds like a, a pretty interesting and exciting day for you yesterday then. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think exciting is putting it a bit mild. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. um, I think just on, if, if I can just pick up on the, I know you have to go back to the meeting, but if I could just pick up on your references to the COP. Uh, so there's been calls for the COP to be postponed. There's been calls by some member countries to say, we need, you need to be there, islands need to be there. Um, and on the other hand, the postponement uh, call is to make sure that islands are represented once um, a meeting, a full meeting can be held. Mm -hmm. Um, and as you have illustrated already, and in the past experience of Pacific countries, it's already an issue to get uh, delegations to the COPs. But now it seems by what you're sharing, it's even worse. So how, you know, what what's the consensus here? Is, you said it's half-half, but is it worth it? Is it worth? That's it, yeah. No, I, I, that's a very good question because I, I kept asking myself, is the effort worth, um, is it worth our effort uh, in terms of, and, and I had to think very carefully about that because um, as I said, you know, um, I, I don't think COVID's going to go away. I don't think so. So the idea of uh, we wait until such a time when, <laughs> I don't think that's ever going to happen. That's my, you know, right at the beginning of COVID, people were talking about a post-COVID. Well, it ain't post-COVID, and it won't be post-COVID for a long, long time. We've got to stop this, how do you say, um, assumption that there will be a post-COVID. There won't be a post-COVID. COVID is here to stay. Look around, right? So, um, as to when there will be an ideal time to meet, I don't think there will. Things might get worse. So from that perspective, I felt, no, um, on the balance of things, um, you know, we could decide. And, and the other thing is that the UK is, is very firmly um, firm on the decision to have a face-to-face, -face, and they are not budging on, on cancelling it or deferring to next year. They, I mean, that's... That's the call they've already made. So whether we like it or not, I think we have to attend this, firstly, because I'm not sure whether there's a next time in terms of whether we're able to travel. And secondly, I'm not sure whether there's a next time where we're able to convey our strong sentiments and, and our own views on this issue. And thirdly, we keep postponing it. The issue is continuing to, you know, um, the issue of climate change, it continues to be highlighted and becomes even more difficult. And, you know, the attention of people are beginning to focus on other things other than climate change. And yet our leaders keep saying, this is the most serious threat to our livelihoods and to our survival and so forth. So it's for those reasons on the balance of everything that we've had to consider in terms of the health and safety, Accommodation flights being stranded. Uh, we 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 did all of our homework assessment. We've been doing that for the last two two and a half months, and we've done it very closely with members. And so, um, where's the where's the Pacific in terms of whether we go or not? It's a half. It's a 50-50 situation at the moment. We have about six or seven countries leaders who've decided to go, and the other seven leaders have decided 
They haven't said no. They just said, we'll wait and see. Um, but, you know, I had to make a decision about where to spread the tents because, first of all, all the available rooms were being taken up. The flight costs were going up, you know, um, and um, we needed to have a clear direction so that we can make preparations. I couldn't keep putting it off and not giving our team a certainty in terms of, you know, what our position. So, no, so I had to make that decision. But, you know, I understand where countries are coming from, particularly those who are very concerned. It is not, a, it's not an easy um, decision to make. So I, I feel for them, but that's where we are at the moment. 50% of leaders have said, yes, they're going. The other 50 said, no, we, we'll wait and see. Hmm. Well, I, I hope it goes well for, for our leaders. Um, five minutes to, to the half hour that I scheduled for you. Um, this is your last meeting. And I wanted to, to kind of ask Leota, the, the person, the man, the father, the husband, how has your tenure as SPREP DG been? A very interesting question. You know, um, in, in my opening remarks, I, I, I just suddenly got emotional, you know, um, for a moment. And I realized that, you know, it's coming to the end of my time. Sorry. No, strips in my family. <clears throat> I'm very close to my staff. And I treat them as family. I treat them just as I treat my children, you know, my, my, my family. And sometimes I probably treat them a lot better than my family. <laughs> 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 uh, anyway, so... Um, you know, it's, it, it only dawned on me on Tuesday at the opening. I said, wow, you know, this has been, you know, I, I spent six years as DG, but before that I had five or six years as a deputy. So I spent 12 years at Script. It's been, it's been to me more than just a job. In fact, it's been more than a job. It's been, uh, and as I said, it's like family. Mm -hmm. I made friends. You know, I've benefited from it. I'm a lawyer, not a scientist, but I feel like I'm a scientist. <laughs> you know, if I had another chance, I tell you, I'd do science rather than law. And so I've been pushing my kids to all, you know, go towards science. I have a daughter who's now doing marine science, you know. Um, so, uh, you know, it's a privilege, Langipo uh, Iva. It's a privilege. It's an honor to, to serve the region uh, through SPREP. Um, it's been my my privilege to serve the, you know, the countries, my father's spread the leaders, and an honor to work with, with colleagues from all over the region. I have benefited intellectually, you know, financially. You know, um, I'm not a person for titles and status, but you know, um, I've had the favor of men that I didn't expect um, and shown, you know, goodness and, and grace extended to me where I felt I didn't deserve it. So, um, yeah, uh, but my goal was to, to make sure that I, I left Sprit in a better way than I found it. And that's not a, a swipe at my predecessor, David. David did a tremendous job of trying, pulling Sprit out of the pit 
and I use that to build on that. And it's not perfect. You know, we still have a lot of things to do and a lot of things to improve on. But I've seen major, major changes. And I've been, you know, um, you know, I've seen spread grow uh, in so many ways in terms of its reach, in terms of its, um, you know, its staff complement. When I started, we had about 50 staff. We now have about 120. We now have offices in Fiji, an office in Vanuatu. Um, I have a presence in the Solomons and that's gonna to continue to grow. Our budget is almost tripled since I've been here. Um, those are good things, but the enormous challenges, the challenges still remain. Um, and so I, I hope that I've um, put spread in a better position for whoever's coming to, you know, um, succeed me. So that's always been my goal. I want to. I want a better spread when I leave than when I found it. And, and I think I think um, spread is slightly better now. <laughs> but but there's a but there. There's still a lot of work to be done. It's not. Perfect. I think we're on the right path. But there are some things that we just need to work on. I think that's. So yeah. So I I, I leave with a bit of sadness, but. But um, um, I cherish my time here. I'm grateful. I'm humbled uh, by the opportunity to serve the region. And just um, what is the one like? Just just give me one highlight that you have. You know that you look back in the past twelve years. What's like a highlight for you? It doesn't have to be anything serious. Like what's something that you'll remember from the twelve years? There's so many. Yeah, you know, one of the things I've always said here at the Secretary is that the most important asset in any organization is not as if it's infrastructure, it's not its funding, um, but it's, it's the people. The people is at the center of any organization, and that's what make it, makes an organization, you know, uh, prosper, grow. It's the people. It's not the policies. It's not the. Um, it's not the infrastructure, as I said. It's not the funding, and so all of those things are important. But without the people, um, then then really you're 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 not able to even move from step one to step two. So. I've seen staff grow, you know, I've seen staff, you know, um, really uh, um, aspire to be better. And I've seen them, you know, do well. I've seen like um, young junior staff moderate, you know, at COP uh, a couple of years ago, a leaders um, panel. And, and, you know, and I was, I remember that I was sitting there watching and said, that's what I want to see. I want to see my staff step up, take the challenge, and know that they can better themselves. And if I've done that, or if I've provided the platform for, for them to do that, so that then they can move on to the next stage in their life, then, then I'm happy, you know? Um, yeah, so that's, there's many others, but I, I guess um, I'm a people-focused person. Um, I, I, I sincerely, uh, desire the best for for my staff, and I don't know what they think about that, but uh, but that's <laughs> always been my. Yeah. I 
Sandra, they only have great things to say. And now, finally, what are your plans um, after you leave Sprep? <laughs> I'm going to go and uh, um, farm. <laughs> Improve the plantation? Uh, absolutely. Um, you know, I'm from Savoy, you're from Savoy, and yeah. we're people of the land. My dad was, uh, even though he was a scientist, he was a farmer. When he retired, you know, uh, he went back to the land. Um, yeah, I'll probably do a little bit of that. Um, uh, still, I have not applied for any job. I, 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 I can't, I'm not sure. I mean, I'll, I'll still have to find something to feed my kids because they're still at school and, you know, I still have to look for something. But in terms of a career like Sprep, uh, I've not done anything. Or I've not looked. I've, I've just been focused on, you know, I don't, <clears throat> in my last year's, you know, it's very easy to kind of just step back and take it easy, but I didn't want to do that. I wanted to start strong, finish strong, you know. You know, lots of people start off really strong, but finish off really poorly. I, that was not my intention. So um, so I will do a little bit of farming. Uh, I'll go to Savai and, you know, uh, but um, I'll probably I'll give myself a bit of a break and then maybe just look for something else to just... Um, help the family and feed the kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I really appreciate your time and good luck with the rest of the meeting. Some of the voucher is one of the most convenient ways that I'm finding now to do my shopping here at Farmer Joe. And I, my sister just sent through the voucher on my cell phone, and I just went straight into Farmer Joe to do my shopping. Well, let's see two lava to see you in the town. Well, they love for me or the pastel of law. I think it's really convenient for families overseas if they don't know what to, how to help their families here, then this is the perfect way. Yeah, 
Zawan sa akaw, mamiya sa mga oray. Ilevancha. <laughs> <laughs>